We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, we will reveal five key strategy tips before you do your draft and identify seven sleepers you need to consider this year. I'm Alan Tislowski of RotoWire.com and RotoWire YouTube page. You can hear me on SiriusXM Channel 87 every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time along with Jim Coventry. My guest today is one of the pillars of fantasy football. Bob Harris of the Football Diehards. Bob is a legendary personality in the fantasy sports space who continues to produce passionate, actionable, and meaningful fantasy football content at footballdiehards.com. In addition to great last-minute advice, Bob tells you about his guys he's drafting and avoiding for 2022. A lot of uh, content creators, fantasy football guys that have been around since, you know, that have been around for a while, like yourself, how is it that you don't get content burnout? Because when I read your stuff, when I watch your stuff, and I listen to you on all your media stuff, you still sound like you have the same amount of passion and fire for it than you did when I first started listening to you, uh, you know, almost two decades ago. So how do you maintain that marathon pace for so long? I'm just curious. Newcomer, two decades only. Come on. It's I know. No, I mean, I'm, I'm listening. I've been listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, to put it really simply, work is play, right? I mean, you get up every day and, you you know, it's, for, it's a, like, I don't give people the wrong idea. It's, it, it is a grind. Anyone out here who's in this business knows that it's go, go, go. Uh, but also, it's not digging ditches. The only other thing I'm qualified to do, which is much less enjoyable, I have it on good authority. So, uh, so it's it's just loving what you do. Like, you know, it's the old cliche. If you love what you do, you never work. So uh, kind of that's 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 what it is. And 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 it is something that, you know, you can get passionate about, you know, trying to help other people, you know, find their paths. And, you know, you learn over time, you know, try not to tell people what to do, but tell them how you do it. And trying to right. share that story in a convincing way, I think, you know, tends to bring out passion to people. I love that you use the um, the term it beats digging ditches for a living because that's something I say too. And you know, there's a, probably a lot of peace in working outside and this and that. But your point was that you and I are probably not made for that um, long term, right? <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. Uh, if, I guess if I had to, but you know, that was really um, and what you're as far back as you can remember. What made you what was that point where you realized hey i love doing this i'm doing this anyway how can i turn this into something that might sustain my life and my living what's your earliest uh, memory so you know and just to be clear i mean you know i'm qualified to haul hay and throw bags of grain which i did throughout my youth of course uh working on the, the ranch and it uh at a feed store so so everyone uh, attention bob is not a pussy okay i yes, am, I right? am but no <laughs> so uh so the, so so i guess you know I kind of meandered a, a bit, right? Like went to school, worked, didn't work, got involved in scurrilous things and was a bit of a ne'er-do-well. And then, you know, just kind of aimlessly looking for something, you know, and I went through a, a wide range of things, you know, and it kind of ended up, you know, heading in an engineering path and, you know, that kind of turned me into a graphic designer and mm. doing a lot of work on computer and all these experiences and things I did kind of, uh, you know, turned out to be good skills for what I ended up wanting to do. But it just was when I found the fantasy football 
1986, a friend, you know, came back from a job in, in, uh, I was in Tucson, Arizona. He came back from a job in San Diego and said, you guys, I got this thing. You're going to love it. And it was fantasy football and we did love it. <clears throat> and it was about a, you know, probably a weekend where I said, man, we don't know enough. We don't, we don't have enough information to do this right. You know, so that's when the seed was kind of planted in my mind. And I think that was, you know, like I said, 86 by 93, I had started a business uh, in 1993. I started a business to deliver that information that I felt people were lacking. And so that's kind of, you know, so and it, and it just kind of struck me. Look, I love working with creating, you know, do, you know, creating these kind of documents and things that started out making a newsletter for. My team, but you know, part of what I did in the engineering field was, you know, writing manuals and instructions and procedures and things like that. So it just all these things kind of dovetailed, and I thought, wow, this would be a great thing, and I know people would love this because I loved it so much. I mean, just wow, this is going to be, and you know, I was convinced I would be a multi-billionaire within a year or two, and uh, <clears throat> and instead, I'll, you know, I'm about ten years away from breaking even, but the uh, the. Uh, the, just all the things that kind of fell into place it just seemed like, wow, this is just such an ideal thing. And I love it and I want to do it. And, and, and I enjoyed, you know, gaining the knowledge and putting the pieces together. And back when it started out, you know, I did, you know, handled all the aspects, you know, designing the websites and doing all the things. And, you know, and that was way more of a grind. But uh, but it's it was so just, nice. It's so nice when a plan comes together, right? Like, right, yeah. right. It's like you know, I, I want to say like you know, when you're a kid, you put your army men up, you know, and and army you set men, all up, yes. you know, and you spend all these times, you know, putting this thing together, only to destroy it eventually. But but it was that same kind of satisfaction of, of like, man, I'm building all these these things just the way I want to, and I'm serving an audience that I know is out there, uh, even if it took me a while to, even if it took the audience a while to coalesce into a. Uh, viable kind of business. Anybody who didn't understand the army men reference, I mean, we used to have these little army green little figures. Green you, you kept them in, men. right. You kept them in a shoebox. One guy had a gun. He was down on his knee. Another guy would be standing with the rifle, right? I mean, he would yep, have one laying things. down. Right. <laughs> one laying down. Right. So Google that. Uh, now, you said something interesting about uh, there was a lack of information when fantasy football started. I remember when I first discovered some of the news websites, like, you know, the ones that you've done and the ones, some of the ones that, um, you know, like, uh, I guess, Roto World in its, in its uh, early inception. And you thought you found the holy grail, right? When you, uh, but now that information is kind of like paper towels, like it's a commodity, like everyone has the same information within three seconds of player X getting cut or traded. I know because I got a notification on my phone. What do you think the edges in fantasy football for drafters drafting this year? Uh, the edges in, you know, being able to sort through the information, right. And it's That's not, it. you know, back then it was finding it and, you know, getting it to the people. Now it's trying to filter the nonsense from the real, you know, the wheat from the chaff and, and, you know, there's a, there's so much out there. I mean, we're all on Twitter. You see it. It's, you know, like just overload. <clears throat> and, you know, do we need to know that somebody made a really nice cut in practice? Does everyone need to know that? Not every player is doing what we're doing. And so, you know, kind of finding the lane and helping people find their their path. And, and, and part of it is, you know, presenting information in ways that people who do want all that information can get that. And uh, the people who just want to come in on Saturdays and set their lineup for Sundays and have just the basic information that they know so they're not screwing something up, you know, finding that path and setting those uh, setting those people up for success to varying degrees is the challenge now. All right. So you, you there's a lot of different. We're gonna. I'm here with Bob Harris. Everybody knows Bob Harris from the Football Guys. Follow him on Twitter, of course, and follow all his work. And we'll. I'll have everything linked in the video description below. Um, Bob, I have so many questions for you, both about. You know, we're gonna talk about some fantasy football last minute draft advice, some last minute sleepers, and then some of the guys who you really like this year and why you like them. You know, some of the ones that you like love rationally, some of them irrationally. But I just want to ask you a couple more questions, just because. Again, I'm just so curious how I, I'm a when when guys like you create fantasy content, it just looks different than you know than 99.9 percent .9 of the stuff that's out there, and it, it comes through when you're writing the passion. But do you ever suffer from content or creative burnout or slumps, and how do you get past that? No, there is so much you know so much fire. There's so much to work for, and every you know you and I and everyone in this industry are in many many leagues. And so you have a pretty good idea of what 
kind of issues are posing people problems? What kind of yes. matchups they're looking for? What kind of lineup decisions they're making? I'm talking on serious, you know, most every day you're getting phone calls. So you have a really good finger on the pulse of what people are interested and care about. So that's never really an issue. And I think this whole, you know, business is based on, you know, for me, you know, I'm not, I'm not the expert. I'm the person who's trying to make the people who consume my content experts. Mm. And so basically, you know, it just, it feels like you're preaching to a choir, right? I mean, you know, the people who use your, use your advice and consume your products, they know that you're not perfect or they should know. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and you can help them with that by being the first to acknowledge when you're wrong and, and saying, and here's why, right. Using that to, to help them figure out, because they've all been wrong too. And I'm wrong all the time. And we all, I mean, that's part of the fun of the game, right? You're going in there and you reach these conclusions based on a series of data points. And you put all those data points together, you come to your conclusion and even the best process and the best conclusions don't yield the best results all the time. And everyone kind of realizes that, but if you own it and you're upfront with people and part of it is, I feel like I'm just talking to a you know, the same thing I did when I started out making a newsletter for my buddies in a 12 team league and, you know, making fun of their teams, uh, you know, helping them figure out the information, come up with the best lineup, possible lineups possible, trying to make them the best informed manager at any given moment. Right. And and I think people understand that, that, that you're not perfect. I mean, there's always going to be trolls and people out there, oh, you know, dogging yeah. you when you do things wrong. Well, they probably, you know, that's probably their the desired outcome is just to be a troll. People right. who are serious players understand what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. And <clears throat> if you're not doing a good job, they'll go away and you won't have that job anymore. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty simple thing. And so, you know, the content pretty much, you know, creates itself, uh, you know, every single day, the NFL is the uh, most amazing 365 day a year reality show on the face of the earth. And they, they've designed it to be that. So there's never a shortage of content. See, I'm glad you said that because there's there's times where, you know, I hear to colleagues and and they're not they're not being insincere. They're saying, hey, I'm not sure what to talk about, what to write about. And I just feel like I have like this treasure chat, you know, this trove of like ideas and there's more ideas than there is time to get those out. And what it's interesting, you talked about the callers on your Sirius XM show as being a source of what are what's the public asking? It's uh, I do something similar, but what I do is I look at popular YouTube videos and I look at the comments. And so that's yeah, a similar you. Yeah, similar yeah. process. So I'm glad that you I do that as well. There you go. You know, I mean, what, right, what, yeah, there's a thing called askthepublic.com or go ahead, Bob. You want to jump in there? Go ahead, say something. No, no, that, I mean, I, I just think that's, you know, keeping your finger on the pulse. But part of that, keeping the finger on the pulse is just playing and having these decisions for yourself, right? You're making all the same decisions and you understand what, you know, what kind of situations are posing people difficulties. And I think that's why most of us in this industry play in so many leagues. It's both yes. a blessing and a curse. So, you know, so <clears throat> part of the advice you're sitting there every day dispensing advice, a lot of it is based on the fact, well, I'll have a hundred drafts under my belt by the time the season starts. So I can do, try all these different experiments. You have to, you know, the hard part for me is keeping in mind a lot of the people who are consuming the information that I'm presenting are in one draft and it matters a lot to them. And so, you know, you've kind of got to present all the information, you know, in ways that, that can handle, you know, the, with that thought in mind, who, who, who is consuming is, is something you should always keep in mind. And that also makes it a little easier for me to come up with ideas for content. Yeah. You, you said that it's, it's interesting. It's a blessing and a curse to be in a lot of leagues. It's a blessing when it's best ball, right? Yes. But how many, how many managed leagues are you going to be proactively managing? Cause I know, listen, we, sometimes we do these industry leagues that we do the draft just to do the draft <clears throat> and right. then no one's really paying attention to it. So how many <clears throat> leagues are you, before you go on on your show on Sunday, are you setting your lineup for? Um, so I'll, I'll be in leagues where I have to set, I'll probably, it'll be close to 30. I haven't counted yet. Uh, but it'd be close to 30. So and so, but, but there's it. different levels of, you know, of attention I can give these teams. Yes. Like, you know, I'm not going to pretend I can, you know, sit there and grind the waiver wire like I need to. I need to draft well and have good luck, right? Mm. In a lot of these leagues, there are those certain leagues where you pay a little closer attention. You know, some of those, the Kings Classic, uh, you know, relegation leagues where, you know, mm -hmm. maybe you're going from one league to other or, you know, where you try and put a little more attention, a little more effort into those leagues. My dynasty leagues, I tend to put a little more attention and effort into <clears throat> just, you know, kind of by nature, they require it. And so, you know, so, yeah, there are leagues where 
I really need to have good drafts and, and everyone needs to stay healthy in other leagues where I'm put a little more effort in, but it is quite a process, the waiver process, you know, getting into that. And I try to set lineups, initial lineups uh, early in the week, like a Tuesday yeah. night, and then go back and revisit over the course of the week as things happen and, and kind of try to keep a spreadsheet of what I need to keep an eye on. And so just try to be as organized as you can is about the best, uh, best approach you can take there. Yeah, I'm shamefully in 30 dynasty leagues and about uh, 25 managed, so I yeah. I, I feel the pain. But you, I just remember the days of, <clears throat> of having like three leagues, two leagues, and being so excited and living and dying with those leagues. And it just seems like those days are long gone because of what you just said. Like it's yes, I enjoy drafting, and I it's like such an a, adrenaline and a dopamine hit every time I do a draft. But I you know I could tell you about, and I'm sure you know I know you can too because I've heard you just rattled off. I could tell you ADP of any player and also in a given window hey in february they were here in march they were there and it's it's not like i'm studying that it's just i'm in the streets i'm in the trenches and right that's exactly what you just said there and i feel like it, it makes us better um you know uh, better uh, content creators all right let's talk right. about um, steeped in the in the information i mean you're 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 living it right you know it's an everyday thing and that you know and you're right we're back in the best ball rooms since before the nfl draft and knowing yes. full well that there are going to be players and a lot of things going on <clears throat> but it's part of the process. And, and again, <clears throat> I think this whole thing, it's just something that, you know, people, when you're consuming information and, and you know, one of the things that I think is a, a big, a big issue during, especially during August, uh, you know, when training camps are going on, you're getting these constant minute by minute, literally update from training camps. And, and you can see little variations in ADP <laughs> based on just, you know, a single tweet from the middle of a training camp practice. And, and I, you know, I always try to remind people, you know, this is like a, a single data point in a long series of data, right? You're, you're going back. It, it goes back to previous years, right? You're just trying to build this, uh, this mountain of information uh, around various situations. And, and so as we get into train camp, it's easy to get caught up in the minute by minute. And, you know, I kind of call it, you look down the drinking straw and just forget everything that's happened and all the context that surrounds any given single moment in a practice. I always maintain that if you if you go back to your rankings that you made in February and January and March, those are probably your more sober rankings without a few extreme tilts. Cause uh, at some point I, I, it, I told a couple people, like I, I forget which opinions are even mine at this point, you know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> so, so one of the benefits that, that I think that I have is, you know, doing the magazines we do, it, you know, football diaries, we have the five magazines or four magazines, but tell people, the, tell people about those real quick. Uh, the pro forecast, it's the 33rd year this year. We do two editions of that. We have the draft book magazine, cheat sheets magazine and football diehards magazine. And where do they so, get those? Uh, you can get them anywhere. Walk into your local supermarket, your Walmarts, your CVSs, your Walgreens, anywhere you go, or get them at football Um, And so, <clears throat> you know, the, you know, you, st you start the ranking process pretty early. And I think what you said there really resonates with me because a, a lot of times the rankings that I do at that point are a little bit more sober and thoughtful because you put the time into it and you're not clouded by all the minute by minute. And you go back and you're tweaking them throughout the, you know, the course of time, obviously, as you go forward and, you know, people, if you get the magazines, you're not getting the May rankings you can log into the website and get the updated edition right so you guys do a great job of keeping that content evergreen i've seen it before yeah we do we work hard at that but you know the rankings and there's things that are going to change and we handle that with the website just like you should and you know anyone who gets a magazine gets access to the website so they can get all the updated information but that's you know that's what i look back at i go wow I, you know the things we knew in 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 may were were pretty correct right it just like when you look back at it after the end of season a lot of the things you think like there's always going to be players that rise up and surprise you and you know that's something you should be expected and be ready to deal with um you know I, I always say it i mean there's going to be a running back who wins somebody a fancy title that nobody drafted every single year and i every go year. back to the 90s right and so <clears throat> i see you nick goings out there somewhere uh so <laughs> good, call yeah. good call back so i mean the, you know you, you got to take all those things into account but just a lot of what we knew you know i go back all the way it starts at the scouting combine where every coach and general manager talks and so many flags get planted there and things that you should pay attention to and you go, Oh, wow. But whether they come true or not, that's what I kind of measure against as the season goes forward or what, what kind of expectations were set. And a lot of this, the ways that I use news are, I'm just comparing what's happening to what's been said. 
And that's kind of how you close that gap mm. between what's the, the spin and the BS and what the actual facts on the ground are. And a lot of times they're one and the same. A lot of times there's a wide variance and, and uh, you know, following closely along and, and adding, you know, pieces to your line of data is, is how you kind of overcome these issues. All right. So we, we promised people some draft tips, which we've been giving. I thought all of this information right here is very actionable intel. And of course, we'll talk about some of our last minute sleepers, guys that are rising up that may not even you know hit their peak value yet. Uh, but first, I think one of the, uh, the key questions is, is that no matter how many drafts I do, important drafts, there's always some times where I just take my eye off the, the road just for like a half a second here. So what do you think the biggest mistake that even experienced drafters continue to make that they got to be careful of when they draft this week? A divorce emotion. When you're caught in the middle of a draft, always have players on hand, right? When that player that you and this happens to me all the time, happened when you covered a draft yesterday I was in where, you know, you have, you know, you're locked in on one player. And boom, that player goes. We see it all the time. <clears throat> but try to have something on standby so you don't make a foolish decision in the moment. I think that's the biggest mistake is not being ready, not having your fallback plan in place uh, at each given for each pick. Right. Have a handful of players as you're getting closer to your pick. You know, whether you put them in your queue or however you like to do it, just have a ready list standing by saying, OK, if this happens, then this. If this doesn't happen, then that. And just, you know, be prepared with each pick. And don't get caught by surprise by anything. All right. So I was listening to um, uh, a a Bill Simmons podcast the other day, and he had he did a bit where he was talking about the guys that he wants to draft. And he kind of categorized those players into uh, to different fun titles. And I want to recreate that bit a little bit because I think it's really relevant for people drafting this week. Because uh, they want to know. I mean, you know, everyone's going to make their own decisions, but they want to know who Bob Harris's guys are. And so we created a few categories inspired by that podcast. So I'm going to ask you, Bob, who's the I wouldn't take him even if he's free guy for you? There is no such guy. <clears throat> I will take anybody when they're free, according to my shares of Marla Mack going back at the earlier this year. Um, <clears throat> so I'm. In fact, I'm all about free square players. And the, the reason is, is because it doesn't matter if they don't hit. And, and thank you for that, Tyrell Williams, last year. I mean, you know, there, there are players you can get. For, so, so the answer is there's none. There is nobody I won't draft at the right price. The question is, is when the price is right. So, so you know, there are guys that I, you know, I would call my 10-foot pole guys that, that I haven't been, you know, eager to touch. And I would say if there's been one guy on there consistently, it's been Antonio Gibson. Right. But even he, the prices kind of dropped to the point where, well, maybe I will. And, you know, prior to the, of course, the, the horrible situation with Brian Robinson Jr., I mean, you know, there was no way I was drafting him even at ADP. And I just and I think that's the thing that happens more is I'm just not getting a guy because there's no way I'm drafting him. So if there's a guy that uh, that will go higher up on the radar that I'm just not going to get because I'll never pay the price that he's going for right now, it's Saquon Barkley. Mm. And I understand the love of him. He's going to, you know, and I'm, I, I like to chase volume too, and he's going to get volume. There's nobody there to cut in. You know, Matt Breed is not cutting into Saquon Barkley's workload. Uh, <clears throat> but I think we're pinning a lot on, you know, a new coach coming in with a new offense and, you know, the optimism of the unknown, I like to call it, where, you know, hey, we have a new thing. And we know how bad the last thing was. It was horrible. The last offense was horrible. They scored 15 points a game. They had 23 touchdowns on offense last season. That's not enough. And, and we're, we're expecting this offense to be a lot better. And it may be a lot better, but it's a relative thing, right? And so did they fix the offensive line issues altogether? Can Daniel Jones really make a big turnaround? Well, some of these questionable receivers, you know, pose enough of a threat to, to defenses to open things up for Barkley. I think he's been a dynamic playmaker in the past. I didn't see that. I haven't seen that for a little while. You know, look up his number of carries of 10 plus yards is miserable 20 plus yards almost non-existence I think he only had three last year <clears throat> and so so I have concerns just about the offense more than I do about Barkley but also some about Barkley just haven't seen the same explosive guy and the ADP has risen up to where he's like he's a, he's a, first, he's a first round pick you have to right. take him in in leagues with experienced players he's going like pick eight pick ten <clears throat> right yeah and so, so don't hate them. Just not going to have them because there's other players there. We'll probably talk about some of them here uh, that I that I not only rank higher, but I'm willing to I'm more eager to draft. 
Okay, and I want to underline something you said. You know, there's a lot of like, hey, Brian Dable, the new head coach, this is going to be great. He he made Josh Allen who he is. We saw this happen with Arthur Smith last year. We thought he was going to come in, and even if it's true that Arthur Smith is going to be good, or even if it's true Brian Dable is going to be good, sometimes in year one, it takes a minute. So I like that you're cautioning people because all the social media bubbles that I'm in are Barkley to the moon posts. So I, yes. I like that you're pumping the brakes a little bit on that. And actually, I don't, I don't want you to lose the thought. Who are a couple players that uh, maybe the, the mainstream market is not thinking of that you would draft ahead of Saquon Barkley? Well, I mean, easily, two that easily come to mind and, and uh, are James Conner and Leonard Fournette. And, Ooh. you know, I have concerns about Fournette just in general. The offensive line always worries you when the injuries arise. But also, there's something to be said. It turns out to be one of Tom Brady's trusted targets right <laughs> and yeah. Leonard Fournette is that and you know we saw him catch the pass last year that's not his what is it 69 catches that was not his career high by the way he can do this uh so uh so I like him an awful lot inside I like I have him ranked inside my top 10 I have him at nine I have uh James Conner at eight and you're going what the hell's the matter with you and so what wow. the hell's the matter with me is I looked at what James Conner did last year when there was no Chase Edmonds and in those six yes. that six game stretch, it, you know, it, granted, I mean, for all these players we're drafting early, you know, you're drafting them at their ceiling, but Connor is a guy you're not having to draft that high. And that's the other thing to keep in mind with these players is, is their price, right? Relative price. <clears throat> One of the reasons I'm not getting Barkley is because I just don't want to pay. There are other people I like way more at that price point. And also I like James Connor a lot more and I can get him in the round three. And so, so that's the, the thing. But Connor was, I think, running back two during the six-game stretch last year without Chase Edmonds, and Chase Edmonds is gone now. Uh, and it's an explosive offense. He gets all the short yards and goal-to-go carries, and uh, uh, there's there's a lot that I like about him. And I know we're going to talk about you know injury issues and things like that, and and I'll explain some of my uh, some of my uh, approaches there. But for me, those are players I would rather have. And a lot of it is is Allen. Not as much as I don't like this player. Is I don't like the price. Yep. The uh, James Conner, that he goes at the end of the third round. And if you want to start your draft, wide receiver, wide receiver, if like you're hell bent yep. on that, this is a get out of jail free card <clears throat> for your running back one. I think that's um, a pretty sharp call. The, the market really hasn't caught up to uh, James Conner's actual value yet. In the last four years, he's had a running back six and a running back eight finish. I mean, he's already done it. It's not like we're projecting him to get there. He's actually already done it. All right, a couple more of Bob's guys, and then we can circle back with anything that I missed about asking you is uh, who's your one true love? You're irrationally in love with this player for 2022. You don't care what anyone thinks. Uh, so since I've already thrown Connor out there, I'll go with uh, Michael Thomas, uh, <clears throat> who, you know, I get it. We haven't seen much of him lately. The quarterback where he's going to be playing with is not the same quarterback he played with in the past and that great success. Uh, the coaching staff has changed, meaning Sean Payton is gone. But uh, and so, uh, granted, I'm not going to get 2019 Michael Thomas, right? But the Michael Thomas is before that. We're not too bad. And <clears throat> if we get some semblance of what he was in the past, and you know, one of the things we get to do when you talk on the radio every day is you talk to the people who cover the teams on a daily basis. And when I talk to the people who cover the New Orleans Saints, whether it's Mike Triplett from ESPN, Catherine Carroll from ESPN, John Hendricks from SI, Nick Underhill from NewOrleans.com, Larry Holder from The Athletic, all of them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. talk like he's back right and, and the attitude is good and i get it there's concerns about that and they're having in the past so i get all the concerns but also the price is right for me 
uh, <laughs> I liked him better when he was, you know, just like I liked 10th round Alan Lazard better than I liked 6th round Alan Lazard. I liked, you know, 8th round Michael Thomas better than I liked 6th or 5th round Michael Thomas. But still, I'm happy to take him there because I think there's a lot of upside. You know, sometimes, <clears throat> you know, it's time to move on from players who have, uh, you believe, have peaked. Sometimes there's still some value to be found. He's one that I'm finding a lot of value in. Yeah, no, that's a really good one because James Conner at least is in the third round. I mean, there are players taking him. Michael Thomas is one of the more <clears throat> polarizing guys, and he, you know, he could be a player when when he is yeah. drafted. Half the room is like, "Thank God he's gone." The other uh, half gets pissed off. So I just want to do a, a quick break here, Bob. And when we come All back, right. we can continue talking about Michael Thomas, and we're also going to talk about Bob's crazy pill guys, and he could interpret that question any way he wants. We'll be back for the video audience. We're going to stay stick with us here. The audio audience will be back in three minutes. And we're back. I'm here with Bob Harris from the Football Diehards, and we're talking about Bob's guys. We got some last-minute draft video uh, advice for you, and of course, some last-minute sleepers. Bob, right before the break, you were about to finish a thought on Michael Thomas and why you think that you're irrationally in love with him for 2022. Yeah, most of the people I'm irrationally in love with is due to the price and the potential upside. And I mentioned Alan Lazard, right? And 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 like I realize he's never been better than a wide receiver for his career. Uh, but I can look at moments that he showed signs of being more than that. You can go back a couple of years ago, New Orleans game where he actually got hurt in that game, but he had a, probably the best game of his career. <clears throat> you know, these are the moments to build trust. Aaron Rodgers, you can see the chip growing on his shoulder, you know, as, uh, as he discusses, you know, the, the little, and, and all said in good fun. I know, you know, Devontae Adams saying he's going from one hall of fame quarterback right. to another in Derek Carr. Yeah. Then Aaron Rodgers saying, oh, I'm going to glad I'm going from one hall of fame wide receiver uh, to another in Alan Lazard. But that comment is not the only comment he has made consistently said that comment. If I think he's going to try to drive, you know, this, if I think Aaron Rodgers has the determination to turn Alan Lazard into something, and I'm getting that in the 10th round. I mean, those are the kind of moves that are, to me, league-winning moves or possibly league-winning moves. Why? Huge upside, low cost, right? And so those are the kind of moves I'm looking to make. I think Michael Thomas, even as the price has climbed a fair amount. But you you mentioned, you know, they're polarizing. We I selected them in the draft uh, you covered yesterday on uh, Sirius. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had one of the comments on Twitter, Bob, Michael Thomas in round six. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to link that that draft board in the video description below when we're done with the live. So if you're watching this on the replay, it's it'll be in there for you to check it out. Yeah. And so so, you know, that was someone's comment on Twitter. And I mean, I get the comment. I said, well, it's kind of like right around ADP right now. I'd like to get him cheaper. But I, you know, it's, I was 11th pick. It wasn't coming back around. So so uh, so I went ahead and got him because he's one of the players that I irrationally love. Uh, more based on price than, you know, past production than the current situation. But I do think he's healthy. And again, you know, one of the advantages of talking to the people who cover these teams on a daily basis is you get a little feel for what's going on on the ground. And that's something to be careful, people, because the people who cover these teams on a daily basis, they have narratives, too. And, mm. and Peter King said once, you know, do you root for teams? And he says, no, I root for stories. Right. And so so a lot of times, you know, the you, you know, I'll do it. You'll do it. We, we do it as fantasy content providers, you get in on a player, you build a narrative, you tell a happy story about somebody and it's, you can be reluctant to let go of it. So, you know, granted that could be happening, but when it's all, uh, everybody in one single place uh, does that, uh, you know, every, everyone who covers it, when everyone's telling the same story, uh, I, I start paying attention. Yeah, you know what um, the 2022 Aaron Rodgers and the Packers remind me of? They remind me of those early LeBron James teams where he was just like, He's, he has a bunch of scrubs around him and he just wills them and right. builds their stats. Like those ancillary players on that Cleveland team for fantasy basketball were very useful. And I think Alan Lazard was like wide receiver 40 something last year. Yes. And that's where he's being drafted right now. So it's only upside, right? You could, right. we could look up in week three and like, oh, Alan Lazard's wide receiver eight. That's interesting. You know, sure. it's, it's easy to see. So I really do like that call. Um, all right. Another category we talked about is your crazy pills guy. And you can interpret this any way you want. Like, why are people not drafting him more? Am I crazy here? Or, oh, my God, they're crazy for drafting him. So I'll let you take this any direction. Who's your crazy pills guy? Uh, maybe Alvin Kamara is both, right? Like, you know, where he's going is crazy low if he's on the field all season long. Or, you know, and I think people are getting a little more confidence in that. So it's less crazy. You know, he's mm -hmm. kind of climbing back up. But there was a point where I'm just thinking, man, you know, he even in the you know, if you're getting him in the third round because people were scared, I mean, that's almost a free square there. 
for a guy who could be a top five back. And I think, you know, the, but the other one I think people are crazy on, you know, and I want to check the current ADP. Maybe you have it pulled up uh, on Rashad yeah. Penny. Um, <clears throat> I got that so, right here. Hang on one second. So, so yeah, keep going. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's still the same because the recent injury. It is RB 32 90th overall. Right. And if you'll recall the last six games last year, he ran for 200 yards more than any other back in. He was literally a league winner. I know we use that term a lot, but he actually was one. Right. He is exactly. And that's what I mean. There's a running back's going to rise up. Look, I get it. They drafted Kenneth Walker, right? And he's going to be great. Remember a few years ago when they drafted a guy in the first round who was going to be great. His name was Rashad Penny. It took some time. Chris Carson was still the guy. So again, (laughs) You talk to all the people on the ground, the people who cover this team on a daily basis. I have not heard one of them, you know, say anything except Rashad Penny is the clear cut number one running back. Look, he's got to stay healthy. And I know we're going to, you know, touch on injury concerns here at a point. And, and if you're afraid of the injuries, you're in for a rough go in fantasy football. Um, I have news for you. Everyone who plays football can and likely will get hurt. So, you know, so if you're running away from that, you're missing out on a lot of things. That said, I mean, I get why people do. Uh, but Penny right now, <clears throat> in a run-heavy offense, Ovin's going to be this, you know, I don't see that changing drastically. Uh, now that Russell Wilson is gone, I think Penny gives you great value as a running back number 32. And I think it has been, I mean, there's been times where Kenneth Walker has gone ahead of him. I don't think that's the case now. Um, but, you know, but I just thought, man, People are missing the boat. And and I get it. You like you can look at this different ways. Like, you know, let's say you say, I think J.K. Dobbins, I'm drafting him fairly early as a back end, but I'm concerned he's going to get off to a slow start. Why don't I pick a piece that I think might get off to a fast start? And then I'm worried that he's going to get hurt. Well, maybe then, you know, Rashad Penny is your is the piece of that puzzle that works for you. Uh, and and that's a, a way to look at your roster when you're building them. You know, you can have players who have risk. You can without having a risky roster, you can mitigate that mm-hmm. risk by, you know, maneuvering. And uh, and grabbing players, whether it's handcuffs later in the draft or just quality depth, I mean that's always an option as well. I want to I want to I want to like put a bold green yellow highlight on something you just said because you just gave a piece of actionable fantasy draft advice that people need to understand about you can draft a high upside risky player and then put uh, like build like an artificial four under it. I think another one, again, I don't know how you feel about George Pickens, but if you want to draft him early because you feel like he could actually ascend and be that guy, you, you draft a Jarvis Landry type sure. and then until it hits. So the Rashad Penny <clears throat> pairing um, with a risky running back, uh, sorry, with a, with a high floor running back that may take a few weeks to, to get up to speed. I love that idea. I think that's a you know a very underrated piece of fantasy advice that sometimes <clears throat> I forget. Your draft shouldn't just be pick by pick. It should be right. like, how is this whole thing going to come together? You teased it a couple times, Bob, so I really want to get to this question. All right, here's your next guy. I know there's about a 99% chance he's going to get hurt, but I can't resist him, guy. Every single player. <laughs> Whether, you know, and so, you know, you say 99% chance of getting hurt. Exaggeration you know, for clarification. Exactly. If I'm looking at the, you know, the top 12 and ADP, I think there's like four players who have not missed time due to injuries. They're all in their heading into their second or third seasons. I think the, the list is Najee Harris, who, by the way, is hurt right now. Uh, Jamar, Jeff- Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and uh, Jonathan Taylor. <clears throat> so <clears throat> beyond that, everyone's missed some time. So, I'm all in on uh, I'm all in on uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? So I think if you have that first Ooh. pick overall, you can sit there and, and I can talk. Uh, I've started talking myself into taking Christian McCaffrey. Look, Jonathan Taylor is a smart play. He's hurt. I've talked to him, and he will tell you he's never missed a practice. Right. You know, going back into college, he does. You know, he his concerns, and you will say, "Well, are you worried about the workload?" Nope. And so, <clears throat> so Christian McCaffrey. So let, let me tell you my top three packs. Uh, Chris, uh, Jonathan Taylor's number one. So you still in your most important draft, you'll still draft Taylor one, one, right? Probably so. I mean, you know, so again, this is a case where we're in a lot of drafts. And so like standalone home leagues, not an overall contest. One league, I'm going to probably take Jonathan Taylor and I'm going to resist the urge to take Christian McCaffrey, who I have been heavily invested in each of the last two years. I'm aware he's missed 23 of those games. Madly aware of that, um, but also aware that he brings 30 point a game upside. That's a player and a half, right? At the end of the season, what is everyone going to be talking about? That you were stupid uh, to draft Christian McCaffrey, you lost your league, or are they going to be talking about the person who won their league? 
right? Nobody remembers who came in second. So, uh, so my running back three is Derrick Henry, and I get it. People are concerned about the heavy workload. And wow, he broke his foot last year. And 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 this is the double-edged sword of, of fantasy football. Uh, you know, there's we're we're chasing opportunities. The NFL wants to give players good players opportunities. Opportunities are every opportunity is a chance is also an opportunity to get injured in the NFL. It's a collision sport. A running back gets in 25 car collisions a weekend. So sick. right. Yeah. And so, so if you're running away from these players who give you great upside because you're afraid of injuries, I get it. I mean, it's very disappointing. What's worse than having your the someone you invested in early in a draft go down to injury? Totally get it. Also, don't care. Doing it anyway because uh, I want that yeah. upside. I'm I'm greedy for the upside. And so Derrick Henry, when he was hurt last year, had what 219 carries. I want to say he was 40 yeah. or 50 points ahead of the field at his position. Uh, you know, so. <clears throat> I'm probably going to I'm probably going to take that and roll with it as long as it goes. And, and just be mindful, people, that anyone can get hurt. I mean, you know, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley's injury last year, he stepped um, on somebody's foot and blew out his ankle. I mean, that's as freakish an injury as you're going to find. Right. And so, I mean, these are things that can happen. So I'm so what I call it is I'm injury agnostic. I, you know, I just, I don't take that into account when I'm drafting players. I take into account what I expect them to do if they're healthy and playing all 17 games. That's where the conundrum comes in between Taylor and McCaffrey. If I think McCaffrey, and you could say the same for Henry. And so I group them in a tier of three and, and there's a, you know, there's a flavor there you can like, and if you want to play it a little cautious, I think Jonathan Taylor is the play. He's not without upside people. He scored 50 points against the Buffalo Bills in fantasy last year, had three games of 30-plus points, including that 50-pointer, averaged 21 points per game. I think Derrick Henry was averaging 26 a game when he went down, uh, if you throw out that week eight game where he was hurt at the first seven games. You know, so if you're chasing that volume and you're looking for players who do more with it, like I think Najee Harris will have great volume as well not quite as efficient with his touches as let's say these other players are obviously Derek Henry being first and foremost. And uh, there's been some concern maybe with Henry, you know, the thing, one of the things that sets him apart aside from, you know, the freakish size is the ability to make these huge breakaway runs. Is that foot going to be an issue for that based on what you're hearing from camp? It's not. So, so again, I am one thing, you know, the caveat here is, uh, you know, there's a difference between a player who's chronically injured and a chronic injury. So in McCaffrey's case, he's been chronically injured. It has not been a single chronic injury. It's been a series of um, unfortunate occurrences, right? And so, you know, there are some players who have a chronic condition. And maybe there you give, you know, I give a little more allowance to that. But in terms of general, I just, I'm not going to run away from players who have been hurt. The reason you take Jonathan Taylor at the top of your draft is not because you think he's going to finish as the number one overall player in fantasy that's a non-quarterback. It's that... You, yeah, you think that there's a very good chance he's going to finish as a top three or four or five player. I mean, it was even like when we used to draft Adrian Peterson after his epic runs. You took Adrian Peterson at the top one or two picks because you knew he was going to return high-end first-round value, not necessarily higher than LaShawn McCoy back in the day or higher than Jamal Charles. It's just So it's a little bit – and then like you right. said, Christian McCaffrey, if we knew 17 games healthy, this wouldn't even be an argument. Availability is an ability, right? And so, you know, it's 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 part of the factor, and that's probably the the, the you know the, the hair splitter between you know Taylor and the other. And it matters. It matters because yeah. because having to grind the waiver wire or having to worry, like you know, I've I've said on a couple different podcasts and streams that. I love Zeke Elliott because he's being drafted below his floor. Right. Not because I think he's going to win you the league in a bad year. Exactly. RB's, yeah. And that's what exactly. it is. And, and Zeke's – go ahead, Bob. This, just, you know, to be clear, this is your team. You're out there. You're listening to this going, man, I'm not drafting those guys. This guy's crazy. If that's how you play, that's fine. I, you know, totally open to that. And there are ways that you can play it safer. And, and, and again, you know, if you add this risk at the top of your roster, you have to make moves and acknowledge that you've taken these risks and you're taking a chance at the top of your roster. But literally, we're drafting every single person we're drafting in the first round. We're drafting at their ceiling. You know, we need, we need them to come through at their ceiling or they're going to be a failure. And, uh, you know, the possibility of any one of them falling short, whether it's due to injury or other reasons, is pretty high. You talked about low risk players. So I really want to ask you is Bob, do you like vanilla ice cream? I love vanilla ice cream. I, I'm, I'm a chocolate guy, but same thing. But right. No, but chocolate is beautifully tasty. Yes. Vanilla is kind of plain yeah. and boring, yeah, right? It but it's still tasty. So who are your vanilla ice cream players this year? The ones that were like, listen, it's still <clears throat> ice cream. 
It still gives me the the ice cream dopamine hit, but it's kind of boring. Uh, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott would be one of those that I kind of find uh, like because he's in the bargain bin, right? Yep. Considering again, a player who finished as a top ten running back last year, playing through a torn, partially torn PCL. Uh, and still was one of the only players on the field. I, I want to say one of the only top three, top 20 running backs are on the 15 field plus games, Bob, in every single yeah. year, except for the suspended year for Zeke. He's never even yeah. on the midweek injury report. That guy. Yeah. And, and, la- and last year, I think there was three running backs inside the top 20 who played all 17 games and he was one of them. That's his superpower, right? Right. There. And so, so I think that's a, you know, he's a great pick. There's, cause there's one we talked about yesterday that I selected in the, uh, in the that serious draft, the host number draft, two draft, right? Uh, was DJ Moore, and you know he's got no sprinkles on him, and the sprinkles are touchdowns, right? I mean that's right. the that's the problem right. with him. But the consistent production has been there, and at maybe some point he'll run through a batch of sprinkles, and he'll come out on the other side and be a delightfully uh, wonderful treat beyond what he already is. But he's one of those players that I can lean on for consistency. If I take maybe a player, I worry about the volatility above him. Hello, Tyree Kill. Uh, you know, if I draft a Tyree kill, you know, in the second round, I'd come around maybe in the fourth round or, you know, whenever and get a, a DJ more and feel like, okay, I'm going to have a guy that's going to be pretty consistently productive every week. I, I would say that, uh, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, Keenan Allen is also oh, that, a little pricier po- version of he, that. He goes on the cover of the vanilla right. ice cream catalog, right? It's every year. It's the hundred catches, you know, <laughs> thousand yards, six touchdowns. I mean, you can just almost put it in the bank. Here's 15 points in the third round. It never goes yep. lower than that. Here you go. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I liked so it specifically in dynasty where, cause I told you I do 30 of these dynasty leagues and everyone's fighting each other for players that have never stepped on an NFL field. And I'm always scooping up the Keenan Allen's, the Mike Evans types, Dalvin cooks in like round four so that's how i play fan, uh, dynasty fantasy football uh, a lot of those leagues fall apart within four or five years anyway uh i got a bunch more of course i'm with bob harris i want everyone right now to go follow bob harris on twitter i'm sure most of you already do but at football diehards um and you know all of bob's other social media links are in the um the description below bob do you guys uh do short form video do you guys do like tiktok and instagram <clears throat> reels and stuff like that yet I have not done the, the TikTok or, and I don't You're do made a lot of for reels. It. Do You're some, made for it. Do, I, we're going to get more into that on our YouTube channel and yeah. we're going to really shorts. bump up our YouTube channel this year. Yeah. We're going to do more shorts this year. <clears throat> Look, I think, you know, <clears throat> for me, you know, written content has been the thing that uh, I built my world around for, you know, it's been 30 years now. Also over 30 years, the consumer has changed and how they consume information has changed. But you and, have to, uh, you have to butter your bread because your core followers and subscribers are written content guys. But right. the reason I even interject it is because you are, you know, obviously you, everyone loves you on camera. You know, I mean, all the, I'm looking at all the comments here. We love Bob, love Bob. It keeps going down, down, down. You are tailor made for short form video because you have mm-hmm. good takes and you're entertaining. Yeah, that's that. That is one of the plans this year. It's going to be a much more, uh, much larger presence on YouTube, and that is, you know, the shorts are part of that, and yeah. kind of uh, putting together a new flagship uh, weekly thing on YouTube that we'll spin clips out of and put those out there Good. to keep everyone, uh, if not informed, semi-entertained. Yeah, no, that's it. And Maybe both. Me- yeah. Well, that's what, you know, that's how I was able to get, uh, to, to get employment over here at Rotowire is I, I know, you know, I love Rotowire, the brand forever. And I noticed they were just, you know, they have so many followers and subscribers for the written content. And I said, Hey, I think I can help with the video. And, uh, yeah. And you guys are, like I said, it's, I, th- you, I think that this is the, 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 this is obviously the direction I started a few years ago doing a weekly Saturday. You know, I talked about people who come in on Saturday and want to set their lineups. I do like a 10 minute video where I just yep. hit every injury in 10 minutes. Right. And it's, and I think there's, you know, like, I'm not saying people don't like to read anymore, but nobody's reading this thousand word article all the way through, except, you know, people who are interested. And one of the things, you know, when you're presenting information on the web, you can bold names and present information. So someone could look at a page and kind of scan it visually say, Oh, there's a guy. And what's he saying about that guy? And I think that's kind of works to your favor as well. But, but there's something to be said for doing really nice digestible bits of information uh, that you can access quickly. People are, you know, doing more on their phones than ever. Uh, and I'm one of those people. And they, so, you know, you, it's it's not hard to keep up with those trends. Uh, that said, TikTok has eluded me so far. I have not jumped into that. 
I leave that to the Jeff Manns of the world. Jeff Manns is a dominant force on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And TikTok. And like I said, you know, TikTok has this reputation for years and it was, you know, uh, teenagers dancing, but it's now become an information. And now it's the second largest, uh, well, I guess the third largest search engine in the world behind Google and YouTube. So if, you know, people are like, hey, how do I fix my sync? They're typing it into TikTok. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to get a couple more of your guys here. I mean, Bob, I could talk to you for six hours, but we're going to try to keep this to under the hour here. Um, so who's your, my year, it's a year too early, but screw it. I'm drafting them anyway. Uh, every rookie I draft. Uh, well, no, change it. Every rookie wide receiver I draft. There you go. Uh, and, uh, and if I draft a rookie tight end, it's two years too early. Um, so, so, so who's, uh, who's that guy that you're, you can't help yourself though. You're, you're, you're um, going to do I can it. Help, I can help myself on all of them. I'm not a fantastic draft for rookies. I'm jumping in on some George Pickens though. There you go. Uh, I think, you know, and I think maybe it is a little early for him. Look, it might even be too early for Drake London, but he's the one that, you know, uh, for me, he was my wide receiver one this year and opportunities are going to matter. I like that. Chris Olavi, someone I'll glom onto as well. When I miss out on Michael Thomas, uh, and when I miss out on Chris Olave, it's Jarvis Landry. I want one piece of that passing attack. Um, but <clears throat> he's old. It doesn't matter. So the, I, I think, you know, uh, younger guys with a path to workload or that have super unique skills and Pickens seems to have the super unique skills. And probably, you know, and I think like some of the guys that were being overlooked that are rookie players who were not going to be disappointed in their output are guys like Jahan Dawson that are going wildly overlooked. Who seem like they're you, already. You like you know, Dawson, right? You I like Dawson. Yeah, me too. Pro me too. ready, pro ready, and walks into a role. It's like so, Steve Smith and Tyler Lockett. There's a little piece of each of those yep. guys in him, you know. Yeah. Um, all right. No, I love that. I love that you brought up the rookie wide receivers because just by you know, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of Jamar Chases and Justin Jefferson, no, and Jalen Waddle. They're mostly going to be class. like. Pickens is the is the correct test case. Like he's going to, in the eighth to tenth round. Go ahead. To be fair though, there was Justin Jefferson wasn't until he was right. So I two mean, weeks, you know, right, right. <laughs> but, but but I mean, when we you know when we viewed him, when we were looking at him in fantasy drafts, or hell, when the NFL was looking at him, they were you know Jalen Rager was the preferred option there, right? So you know, there's not everyone's a, an immediate hit, but yes, and so that's why you do invest in some of these guys because you just never know. All right, let's talk about bad NFL teams. So who's your, screw it, somebody, sorry, uh, who's your, somebody's got to get points on that damn team. Who's it going to be? Who's the player you're drafting that's on a bad team? Uh, Brandon Cooks, without fail. I've drafted a lot of Brandon Cooks, rank him irrationally high. I think I want to say I have him inside my top 15 right now. By the way, let's um, encourage the chat too. Chat, if you, uh, if the, who's the players that you're, while Bob's talking through this, who are the player, the players you're drafting that are on bad NFL teams? Put it in there. We want to see some of those. Go ahead. And I think Damian Pierce, so I'm picking on the Houston Texans, sorry, because they're bad. <laughs> um, you know, Saquon Barkley is another guy that people are jumping on, I think, on a team that was bad, and we're hoping they're better. But are they going to be better? I just, I don't know that that's true. Um, <clears throat> I guess on, you know, how about Mooney, Darnell Mooney? Yeah, I guess. So that's a lousy offense. He is the one piece. And since I'm not a true Cole Komet believer, and I probably right. should be, I feel like I do have a blind spot. Cole still, Komet it's, still, needs- it's still so consolidated. Right. I mean, Mooney, Mooney right. if he got less than 150 targets, I, I would be surprised. Right. And you, yeah, Mooney is going to be, you know, he and he's way underpriced, right, in fantasy drafts. And you can get him in a range where I love getting him. I think the Detroit offense that is viewed as a bad offense is not going to be a bad offense. And I'm happily drafting DJ Chark at his current price. I'm fine having him on Ross St. Brown, not expecting that run down the stretch. Fine drafting TJ Hawkinson. Fine drafting DeAndre Swift. I will even draft Jared Goff in a two-quarterback league as one of my starters. I like it. I mean, Jared Goff must understand that he's playing for his job in a sense where if they have a top five pick, he he's in jeopardy. But if they end up nine and, you know, whatever, or somehow, you know, can stay out of the range of, uh, of the top three, top five quarterbacks, uh, he might get another year if the Lions want to take another position player. So I love that call Watch right that there. Offensive line there, Alan. That's the that's a big deal. They, they were they didn't have their top five. I don't think any games last year. I think they played twelve different combinations of lines. It's they have a very good top five on the offensive line. One of the better groups in the league, and hopefully they'll be together all this year. All right, let's stay with this exercise. I'm having fun. I'm actually learning a lot from some of your your sleepers and some of your you know. But who's your? I'd never hope for an injury, but he's one injury away from being a real fantasy star. I, I feel bad even throwing that. I mean, I, you know, I, I think we all could recognize that Tony Pollard is on that list. 
of guys, right? He's, Fine, you know, that's fair. I mean, he's but, probably, I mean, he's probably yeah, he's probably a standalone value as is. Uh, used to be Alexander Madison. I don't know that it still is. Mm. They have a, they have more guys there that could get something done. I know uh, Matthew Collar from the Purple Insider is, has been railing at me since since May that Kenny Nwangwu is a guy to to keep an eye on there. And then mm. uh, I think we saw Ty, Ty Chandler, Chandler yeah. rise up a little bit too. So I, there, there are multiple options there. Um, so, I mean, look, Raheem Boster, whoever is in San Francisco, take your pick, whether it's Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, the rookie Tyrion Davis-Price. Just, I mean – those players look maybe Kenneth Walker, right? Maybe there Kenneth Walker is. is is one away from uh, having a huge year, assuming about, he's healthy. How about if Aaron Jones goes down? I mean, where the he- so let's say uh, Aaron Jones decided to walk the earth today. Where would AJ Dillon get drafted right now in, in draft? Uh, he this would weekend? jump up. He would jump up into round two. So this that that's a situation that I think is really interesting, uh, especially after Aaron Rodgers said both of those guys are capable of catching fifty passes, Jones and Dillon. If that's the case. Why are we drafting AJ Aaron Jones, right? Why are we not just drafting AJ Dillon in the fifth, sixth round, wherever he's going, fourth, fifth, sixth, or depending on your mileage may vary. But when did I get him in that draft yesterday? Was it fifth round? I want to say. Yeah, yeah, and I was because I was. It's funny because we were talking about when you draft him in the fifth round. I'd say that at this point, I'm just taking him in the fourth because I don't want anyone else to get him in the fifth. Even I'm, I'm like he's an ADP jump up guy for me. He's a leapfrog <clears> guy, you know. And can't both of these guys though have like elite fantasy value? Do sure. you remember that year that Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara yeah. both had top twelve value, and you could start both of them? Yeah, I think this is a similar circumstance. Just, right, you know, I'm a cheapskate. I want the I want the cheaper piece. And so a lot of times, you know, I get, you know, I have tons of Raheem Mostert, not because I, you know, well, I kind of don't believe in Chase Edmonds, but he's growing on me a little bit. And I like that Miami offense an awful lot. So, so, but, but why not take the cheaper component when you feel like they might be, uh, have every opportunity to be just as productive again, injury agnostic people, if you're sitting there, but Mostert gets hurt. I know. I don't care. Yeah. Jeff Wilson hey. Jr. I don't care either. Right. You got to think about how bad of shape must have Sony been in that Raheem Mostert checked out as a better physical than him. Right. <laughs> so, there you have all right. It. We got to hit three more of these guys in four minutes, Bob. So uh, right. who's your sorry, that's way too rich for my blood guy. It's Barkley. I mean, without, you know, not even close. Okay. All right. Who's the, I just want everyone on that offense. I don't care guy. It's kind of been Miami a little bit. Uh, you know, so I'll go with that. I mean, most, you know, I think it's like, it's like, there's, there's always a piece on every offense that I'm kind of disinterested in, but Arizona, I'm pretty interested in the, at least the upper, upper piece is going to be a very explosive offense. The Denver offense. I want all the starting pieces of that and not called tight ends. Same with Miami. I'll drive into pretty much anyone there except Mike Gusecki right now. Um, and so uh, I think those are uh, chargers. Yeah, Probably good with any of those players as well. Yep. Buffalo right. Bills, duh. Yes. What do you, what do you make obvious. of the Buffalo Bills running backs, though? I mean, you have both. It's so right. rare that you see a top three offense, but both running backs go in like the seventh round <laughs> or later. Yeah, I, I would check my shares of Devin Singletary, but I'd be embarrassed at how high they are. Um, ah. But it's the price, right? It's the price. And, you know, we saw the workload down the stretch. I understand James Cook is there. I understand Zach Moss is having a better camp than we expect. Um, again, you know, get the opportunity to talk to people to cover the team on a daily basis. They're going to tell you that Devin Singletary opens up with at least the opportunity to be what he was last down the stretch last year because he wasn't a huge factor in the receiving game. And, and they kind of game planned around that. And I expect more of the same this year. Okay, last one. Who's your pre preseason hype guy that I'm buying? Uh, probably Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> right? Ooh, it's con- it used to not be controversial. Now it is controversial. See what a difference a couple of weeks makes. Right. So I do think Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, looks like he's having as good of camp as he's had for you know since he's been in. And there were reasons why he fell short last year, but it seems like there's always reasons he falls a little bit short. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I feel like you know not not as much so as Miles Sanders, but but it feels like the team doesn't like the player as much as the fantasy community likes the player. And so, so we'll see, And he doesn't seem to be as effective at the goal line and Pacheco seems to have all those pieces. Um, the price has gotten higher than I want to pay for him. Uh, but I'm still, uh, I'm still buying the hype and Pickens too. All right. He's Bob Harris of the football diehards. Everyone should definitely do as I do. Go follow him. He's uh, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, not just for content. It's good personality. It's good engagement. And it's, it, it, 
brings a smile to my face. It's all positivity there. Uh, Bob's not that ornery. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't understand how you're you're so you are like when I get in a bad mood, Bob. I come over to your Twitter feed and I, and I watch and I, I feel better about being human being again. Uh, and I want everyone, if you in, enjoyed this video, uh, consider hitting the like button, subscribe to the channel, of course, and go over to uh, to Bob's. Uh, just give uh, the two most important things you want people to do if they want to follow you other than the Twitter. Uh, just the Twitter's great. Go to footballdiehards.com. Listen to me on Sirius. I'll be on five days a week, including the pregame show this year again. With what's Jeff your Hans. time slots? Tell me your um, time slots. On so Monday, uh, 10 p.m., Wednesday, 10 p.m., Friday, 10 p.m., Saturday, we jump over to NFL radio, but it's simulcast on the Fantasy Channel, three hours Saturday night at 8 p.m., and then Sunday, uh, the two hours before kickoff, me and Jeff Manns will get you ready for everything you need to know. Yeah, that's that's uh, when I go out before the game's on and I go take my bike ride. That's what I listen to just to get ready. And I, I also like at the end how you guys format the start sit. It's just one word. Let's go move it. You know, you know, I don't know how you train your audience to be so efficient, but I guess it's years of browbeating them <laughs> to death. Um, just another programming note. Um, uh, Rotowire will be on Sirius XM on a 9 a.m. on Sundays on game day. That's a new time slot for us. I'll be there with Jim Coventry. So we'll get you started with your cup of coffee and, and uh, prepare you for Bob's show when, when the real uh, start set questions come down. So, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks. Uh, we'll be back. This might be our last live stream um, when we're talking just to a guest. We're going to come back and probably do more uh, actionable in-season waiver wire content. But it's been a great season. Follow us along. Uh, you can follow all our links in the video description below. And good luck in your drafts this week if you have a couple more. And if you don't, start Stole another league. Do another draft. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.